this is a podcast called What Am I Doing With My Life by Andrea Sadowski. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the second podcast episode. Please forgive our producer, Dozer, um, his interruptions throughout the first minute of the video, really the whole video. He is playing with his toy, he's drinking water, he's licking himself. He's breathing really heavy, he's snoring and sighing and exhaling and itching, so all those weird noises that you hear in the background are just my dog dozer. He was just really excited to see his Auntie Chandy, and he really only sees her in the context of hiking up a mountain, so he was probably just pumped that she's sitting in his living room and he just had a big burst of energy and had to interrupt this podcast recording so many times. Um, so yeah, any weird noises you hear in the background, it's just a dog being weird, doing dog things. I'm so excited to have Chandy on. Chandy is this badass lady who works in STEM. She's so smart and so logical and so ambitious. And, you know, she's just this girl who has her shit together. She's just a role model to me in that she sets a goal and she works towards that goal and she makes it happen no matter what life throws at her. And I'm so excited to have her as a friend and as a podcast guest. And I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do like this podcast, subscribe on Spotify, give me a rating, write a review, and enjoy. Chandy, thank you for coming on my podcast. I'm so happy to be here. So I wanted you to be on because I met you at work at the Cascade. We started as writers together and then we were editors together and then we moved up as execs at the, the Cascade as UFE student newspaper. And then you graduated a semester before me mm-hmm. and it seemed like you moved, you went from being like an A student, highly ambitious student into a career girl and the transition seemed very smooth it's like you got a job straight out of university mm-hmm. so you went from being uni girl to career girl mm-hmm. was it as smooth as it looked on the outside or like how did you manage that it was smooth actually because i was doing a directed studies with my, after my last semester my second last semester mm-hmm. and then from that i made connections in networking Mm. So I had a professor that I was working under, and I knew get to the lab techs at, in, the, in the biology department. And so, someone that had worked in the biology department was at my current job, and she was looking for someone. Mm. And so, in my last semester, I got hired there part time. So then, it went from being part time in my last semester, and then I graduated, and I was like, "Hey, do you guys want to be full time?" And then I went straight into full time. Okay. So it really was that smooth because I started working before I graduated. I need to, this toy makes way too much noise. Okay. So you got your job through directed studies and networking. It was like connections related to my directed studies. Mm-hmm. And that was really close to when I was almost done school. So then I got to transition straight into that. Yeah. Nice. So very smooth. And you're in STEM. Mm-hmm. What do you do exactly? <laughs> so the company I work for is like a small biology instruments kind of company. So they design devices like a fluorometer where it detects fluoride or whatever. They have like a mercury analyzer that detects mercury in the air or anything that you point the tube to. And so I'm working on their PCR devices. So basically 
it took off during COVID. That's when I got hired. So they developed like a little chip and they put all these ingredients and reagents on the chip and they freeze dry it. And then someone who wants to test for COVID comes along and just does like the swab of the nose, puts it in some water, puts the water on the chip. And if there's any kind of COVID DNA, it's going to detect it and just create so many different copies of DNA that it detects it on the software. Mm. That's basically the gist of it. So I'm working in that department and they've branched out and created like STI testing, like food pathogen testing. That's like a whole line for us. Nice. And so I'm doing the quality control there. So anything that they make, I test it to make sure it's working and that it's contamination free. It's going to tell them what it wants. It, it's going to detect what it's supposed to detect. Mm. And then I pass it, I fail it. I do experiments. I optimize the processes for them. I try to improve the products as much as I can. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So little Tandy, you were a little girl. <laughs> when did you think I'm going to be a bio major? I'm going to do sciences because you're also very artsy. Like you, I, I met you as a writer. Yeah. So what made you decide like left brain, right brain, where to focus, mm. what to major in? When you were a little girl, what did you want to do and how did you decide like to get where you are? I don't think I had any one big idea when I was a kid other than like, I want to be a singer <laughs> or something. But that, that was totally not serious. I think I hated, I actually didn't like science until probably like grade eight. And mm -hmm. then we started learning about like practical things. Before then it was like, let's learn about concave and convex mirrors and optics and physics. And I was like, what the hell? Mm. And then when it switched over to like, oh, why is the earth tilted on an axis? Like, what does that do for the earth? Like, what kind of effects does that have? Black holes are a thing. I was really interested in that kind of like natural science things. Mm -hmm. More like ecology, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then, but I've always, I've always been into art. Like I, I was drawing since like grade six or whatever. Not like, mm -hmm. any, I was drawing anime. Okay, I was drawing anime, but <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> but then, yeah, when it came to high school, I was like, okay, well, I need a career. Like, I need some kind of direction. I didn't, I thought that the art was kind of more of a risky mm -hmm. play. I didn't know what I could really do with that. Mm -hmm. um, beyond, like, I just like drawing anime. No one's going to pay me for that. Mm -hmm. So I thought the science kind of pursuit that I was really passionate about and enthusiastic about, that was, like, more of a something that I could make into a career. Yeah. So, yeah, I, right out of high school, I applied for the biology major or the bachelor of science from U of E. So no gap year for you? No, no. This is the, it's not even a gap year. I'm just working now, but this is like the first time I haven't been in school. Wow. Yeah. You're very young and you seem very put together. Mm -hmm. You've got your life figured out. You've, I've worked with you and you have a very strong work ethic, very like ethical and driven. Do you work to make ends meet or do you work to find meeting like do you live to work or do you work to live hmm. do you work are you like a weekend warrior where like all your passion projects are on the weekend hmm. or do you find passion in your job itself how do you balance that i think what happens with science is you're very passionate about like an idea like curing cancer or something like that like mm -hmm. a big ambitious overarching goal and when you actually do the work itself it's very monotonous and it's very tedious you're doing like the same kind of testing for like two hours in a row Till your wrist is like sore it's kind of like that like you break down that big goal into these tiny 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 little steps that you do every like day in and day out so for me i i don't find i find the work enjoyable but i don't i don't feel actively like i'm making a big difference with what i'm doing kind of thing i don't get to see the actual effects of it mm. downstream mm. right so i find that 
I'd say it's more like working to live right now. And now that I'm, because I'm quite a driven person, I'm kind of like, since when I was in school, there's like a really easy metric of how you define success, what the next steps are, what am I doing? It's like every, there's a huge rubric and I know how to play the game kind of thing to succeed. But now that I'm- You know school, how to play the game? Well, I'm kind of just... Like, how do we play? <laughs> Tell me. What, well, it's just like, if you're in school and you want to succeed, you know what yes. to do. You study, you get yes. good grades. Yes. If you get good grades, that means you succeeded. Yes. And then there's all these different opportunities that are kind of pushed in your face. Do a directed studies, work for the paper, mm-hmm. work in a job on campus, mm-hmm. uh, work for the tutor center. Mm-hmm. All these things that... You did all that. I, I actually, yeah. Well, most of that, yeah, I did do that. I worked as a tutor. So it's, it's very easy to get the opportunities and to see, okay, what things should I do? Yeah. But now that you're... Now that I'm graduated, it's like, well, what's next? Yeah. I have yeah. to define it for myself, and that's where I'm kind of lost. Yeah. Yeah. So what is next? That, yeah. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Right now, I want to see if I... I want to research masters and see if they're worth it versus, like, a post-grad diploma. I think they're both about the same amount of time out of school, but mm-hmm. one is cheaper than the other, which is the diploma. Yeah. So I'm trying to decide that kind of thing, but I'm asking myself the same question. It's like, you know, am I just, like, working to earn money? And, like, I'll make an impact on the world maybe by, like, donating to charity or something? Or, like, how am I... What, what is my purpose in this life and how is work contributing to that? Yeah. I don't have a clear-cut answer myself. <laughs> I wish I did, though. I'm, like, it's on my mind, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, like, what would be your motivation? Because I thought about getting a master's. And yeah. I'm, like, I would more so do it because I like school. And mm-hmm. it seems like, like, when you're in school, you... Yeah, like, you you can get A's, and that's Mm -hmm. how you succeed, and it's a very clear, like, path, you have a curriculum, like, they give you at the beginning of the semester, this is everything we're going to be reading, and everything we're going to be doing the whole semester, and it's very laid out, and you have your assigned readings, and you have your assignments, so I would do a master's mostly for my own interests, like, to learn more about my own interests, rather than Mm -hmm. how is this going to leverage me to earn more money in my career. What kind of masters have you been thinking of? Well, like, I really like statistics. So I was thinking, like, biostatistics or something. What the heck is that? It's like doing statistics, but on biological sets of data. Like, um, what are the causes of cancer in Canada? Or how, what is the percentage of people that have cancer? Nice. Kind of, like, looking through data and finding statistics to do with health, human health, which nice. is what I'm mostly interested in. That's what I would say. And I do, lo- I do love learning, but I've kind of recognized it. Even if you love learning, you can do kind of your own learning on the side. You don't necessarily have to pay a bunch of money to do it. Yeah. But if you do want to earn more money, which, I mean, everyone does in this Mm -hmm. economy, then, yeah, you want the piece of paper. In this economy? In this economy. (laughs) Um, But, oh, my God, I have the piece of paper. That's why, because I was working for free. Like, my story is that I graduated high school, and then I did, like, a five-year gap year, and I did, like, my little missionary volunteer I got, like, tons of work experience, and I was still working for free. Like, I was paying to work. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, if I want an actual career, I need to go to school and get a piece of paper that says I'm smart. And so I went to school. I got a piece of paper. And now I can't seem to get a fucking job. It's not enough. No, it's not enough. Mm -mm. So what? Do I need to get another piece of paper? Yeah. I feel that, too, in the sciences. What happens is like, well, when I was in high school, I was like, go into sciences. There's great jobs. Science mm-hmm. is a great field. You know, the idea sounds great, but when you actually graduate, you're like, oh, there's like no jobs. Mm-hmm. Or if there are, I'd have to move to Vancouver. And then it yeah. upsets any more that I'm making because of the higher the cost, cost of living. living. Yeah. And so it feels like most people are in that, in that boat when they graduate from STEM. And so what they do is 
they're like, well, I'll get a, I'll get a master's. Yeah. But then there's this huge pool of masters. Yeah. And companies see that and they're like, well, we'll just pay you a little bit more than we pay a bachelor's then. Mm. And it's kind of the cycle where the bachelors can't find jobs, so they get masters. Then they get the jobs, but then they're being underpaid. Yeah. And they're you know taking up the jobs for bachelors. So it's like this whole thing. And then you gotta get a PhD. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't want to do a PhD. Oh my gosh, I, the I I follow like Instagram accounts for STEM PhDs. It seems so tough. Yeah. It's what forty four or five years of just slogging. It would be cool to be Doctor Dancy. Doctor Dancy, and I'd be the third doctor out of my siblings. Whoa. My other two siblings are doctors, and I feel like. Damn, should I be a doctor too? What do they do? Um, my sister got a PhD in nursing for anesthesiology. Whoa. And my brother got a doctorate in economics. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So this, where did you, that's where your work ethic came from. Was like, was it ingrained into you by your family? Like, mm, I mean, my siblings, they grew up kind of, they were like 20 years old when I was born. Mm. So I grew up like a single child. But, I mean, I grew up poor, so it was like, there was a fire under my ass, kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to live this way. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely I was hustling. Like, when I was in university, I was working like 30 hours a week. Maybe Damn. even more, I forget. Between two different jobs. The Cascade and the pharmacy. Wow. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. On top of taking, like, a full course load. Yeah. Well, yeah. I took three courses to try to manage it. Mm-hmm. But I graduated without debt, which was, which was awesome. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But yeah, I also made big sacrifices. Like, I lived in my van for half of my schooling because I'm like, I can either pay for a car, rent, or tuition. Not mm-hmm. all three. That's if I would have to take out student loans. So, mm-hmm. sacrifices must be made. So, you started working really early then, right? Because, like, when was your first job? I think 17. 17? Yeah. What did you do? Tim Hortons. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Is it true you have to get the order ready in 25 seconds? Yeah, in the morning, yeah. That's crazy. And I mean, I've, I've, I've like kind of talked to other servers and they're like, yeah, we have drive-through times, but it's not really enforced, it's whatever. This was enforced. This was like, if every hour I think the manager was reporting her numbers to the regional manager. Oh my god. Yeah, every hour. And if it wasn't up to par, they'd like get a phone call. Yeah. Was, the managers would get a phone call. Yeah, it was like And then they would blame... The people, the workers, you would get the, a talking to. Yeah, yeah. So we were we were doing. It was basically speed above everything else, including quality, which I Whoa. think people Canadians can tell. Yeah. Because like you'll get your coffee and they're like, okay, I'll order up next, to large double double, come on, stat, like get it. <laughs> like you're trying to rush people mm-hmm. through, and they're like, God damn, I just want to freaking taste my coffee. Give me a second. Yeah. It's like that. It was it was very interesting, but it was like so fast paced. Yeah. I have known, I worked at IHOP. That was my first job. Oh, really? I was a hostess, and it was like a sit-down. Yeah, service industry, man. What did you think of it? How was IHOP? I loved it. Oh, yeah? I, I loved the camaraderie of working in a restaurant, and mm-hmm. the waitstaff, and the back of house, and the front of house, and the management. Like, the management and the owner were two of the best people. Like, mm. I... That was such a reliable job for me. It was my first job, and then I quit to go traveling. And every time I would come back, like, every couple years for, like, six months to renew my visa or to save a bit of money, and, like, they would always welcome me back, even if it was just for, like, two months. They're like, yeah, you want some shifts? Like, come on back. And I would always have a job there. And even now, if I were to go in, they would be like, yeah, you can start working. Like, they were just, they cared so much about their employees, like, the well-being of their employees, and... It, everybody felt like a team. Like, it was, like, a really... It was a good environment. I really... I really enjoyed IHOP. And you could tell because 
the waitresses, when I started there, they had been working there. The longest waitress had been there for like nine years. And I'm mm. like, whoa. And then I went back a few years ago, 10 years after I started, and they were still there. So they've been there for 20 years working as a waitress at IHOP and they're making great money. Like the tips are great. Yeah. And it's like, why, why do anything else if you're making good money and you have a good work environment? Before you were saying that you traveled for five years. Do you feel like that made you any more sure of what you want to do? Like most people would love to do that and they're like, I want to find myself or something. Yeah. I, when I was that, well, no, the traveling inspired me to do the global development studies degree at UFE because Mm -hmm. I basically, I was traveling, like I had this urgency to make the world a better place and to, yeah, to help the world. And I tried to do that and it was through a lot of like Christian organizations. And then I got very jaded because I'm like, what are, what are we actually doing here? Like, what is the actual end goal? Like, how are we actually helping their physical well-being? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them were just working in the church setting and doing Bible studies. But it inspired me to actually get a good theory of, like, what am I doing? How do I actually do this? And so that's why I took the Global Development Studies. Mm-hmm. And they basically taught me, like missionary work is like a tool of colonialism and I'm like yes that that's that's very true actually because yeah they that's that's what the western world used to like they sent in missionaries missionaries were the first people usually in a unreached place and they would try and convert them to like a western way of living like convert their way of dress and teach them english and teach them the bible and teach them different like christian worldviews and then they would come in with like industry and infrastructure and develop the country and so yeah i had to come to a reckoning to be like damn i was a really dumb girl in my early 20s and i was just like i did more harm than good maybe and I didn't actually help I helped myself more than I really helped anyone else like it was Mm. more of a journey of self-discovery than it was a journey of trying to help other people Mm -hmm. I don't know so yeah I did the degree and now I'm finished the degree and I'm like now what do I do Mm -hmm. and I almost went to Palestine like a year ago. Oh, yeah. You would have been there now? No, I would have came home in the summer. Oh, so it was like July until August. And I didn't, like very last minute, like a few days before, I said, nope, I'm not going to do this again. Like it was basically doing the same thing that I did before my degree. And I'm like, why did I just get a degree so that I can continue to work for free and continue to be like this missionary, like evangelizing to people? The biggest scam ever. Yeah. Get a degree to work for free. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm like, nah. And I turned back around and I went on a job hunt and I basically accepted the first job that I was offered. And I became super depressed in the working world in the nine to five. I couldn't. It was like, wow, is this all there is. I wake up, yeah. I walk dozer, I drive to work, I do my work, I drive home, I walk dozer, I make dinner, I eat dinner, I watch TV, I go to sleep, and I do it all again. It is like my that. life. It is like that every day, I agree. Is that what your life is? Yeah, that's it, because you only have maybe three hours after work. Yes. <laughs> and even less, like in the winter, 
it's also dark out. Like, mm-hmm. you, you go home, you're driving in the dark. You drive to work in the dark, you drive home from work in the dark. Yeah. It's like, what, what am I doing with my life? I thought it would feel different, that's what I would say. Like, yeah. being so ambitious and you're working towards this goal of having a job in your field after university, mm-hmm. and then you're doing it. And then you have, like, all these... For me, I have, like, habits I do that I, I thought, like, would make me a happier person, more fulfilled. Like, I mm-hmm. work out three mm-hmm. to four times a week now. I cook dinner for myself. Like, most days I eat home home-cooked meals, and I'm like, well, I just don't feel different. I don't feel different. I don't feel like the girlies on, you mm-hmm. know, those aesthetic posts that just, like... The it girls. I don't, I don't feel like an it girl. Mm-hmm. Like, on paper, I, I feel like I am an it girl. Yeah. Where's my, you know, my it girl certificate? <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like it, but I feel like I tick all the boxes. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like I thought it would feel. Yeah. Is it like that for you? Well, it was, and I had a mental breakdown, because I'm like, <laughs> this 9 to 5 life is not for me. It just felt like too much of my time was work and I wasn't getting paid enough to do that. And I'm like, I'm like, I was getting paid what it costs to live. And I'm like, I'm literally just living and working and I'm working and I'm paying my bills. And then like, it's a cycle. And it's like, where am I going? Like, it felt like a hamster wheel, you know? Mm -hmm. How do you get off it? I feel like other generations have just done the same thing, but I don't know. I feel like maybe they got something more out of it. That's, that's my theory. Like, they got more reward, bang for their buck, you know what I mean? Like, had the same job, and the job was, you know, cared about their employees, like IHOP, like you said. Mm. Gave them a pension at the end of it. It had, like, really no turnover. It, like, treated its employees really well. Mm -hmm. Maybe they just got more out of it. Like, more money, cost, what is it, inflation, Mm -hmm. adjusted dollars, something like that. Maybe it was more worth it for them to go through it. Mm -hmm. You, so during this transition period, you graduated university, and you started a new job. And your mom passed, and you moved cities, mm-hmm. and you moved in with your boyfriend, and you started a new life. Mm-hmm. How did all of that happen in the same time without you having a mental breakdown? Um, how did I? I feel like I had a mental breakdown when I first entered university. Maybe yeah. that was when I got out of my system or something. <laughs> got it out of your system. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm just like, jokingly, I'm like so fucking numb. Like, <laughs> I'm kidding. I wasn't actually. No, I don't know. I just let it pass through me, kind of thing. Like, if I need to cry, I just cry. Yeah. I still I still have some pretty bad dreams and stuff. Like, yeah. I feel like it's not completely worked out, and I don't think it's going to have been worked out for a while. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a lot. I feel like when shit hits the fan, like, maybe you feel this too. Like, I kind of calm down almost. Like, I'm, like, very logical. I'm like, okay, what needs to get done? Like, A, B, C. What are the steps mm-hmm. I need to do? I don't know. Like, it's... I feel like maybe my emotional side shuts down when that kind of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what am I facing? I'm facing homelessness because I'm getting evicted. My mom just died, mm-hmm. like, and I still have this job that I have to go to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are my options here? And the only option is, okay, find another place, move all my stuff into storage and find a, a different place while I'm on someone's couch mm-hmm. and move. That was pretty much it. But then once everything calmed down, then I'm like, oh my God, like it all hit me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? This is crazy. Yeah. But you kept a job through it. It's not like you took like medically eye or anything. It's not like you had a... A leave yeah I don't know I just felt like I couldn't I, I took I think two weeks two weeks to, to do some packing and stuff mm-hmm. and then I took some time off I think for moving or I moved on a weekend but I felt like I had to like I just had to there's no option for me to break down because if I break down like what happens you know what I mean all my stuff gets thrown out I get evicted yeah like there's no other option I felt like you're so strong keep my shit together what about what do you think of I feel like there's two ideas in terms of like how to make a difference in the world because I've been thinking about that too. 
like, for example, I think there's this, what is it, like 10,000 hours, some kind of like nonprofit organization. They're like, your job is where you spend most of your time with your life. So pick a job in a field where you'll make the maximum amount of difference kind of thing. And so your job is to be directly in a field that will help impact people positively or the world or your community. And then there's kind of another idea where it's like, well, if I get a job and I can accept, you know, that I may, might not be the happiest in it, or the most fulfilled, if I do the job and I get the money, well then I can put that towards organizations mm -hmm. that are doing the work. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have more disposable income to give them. Mm -hmm. Those kind of, I feel like there's those two different camps for how can I make an impact with my job? Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Why do the people who help people have to make less money than the people, like that's one thing about nonprofits is like, that's ultimately why I quit because I, felt underpaid, overworked and underpaid. Like that was Cascade's motto, right? Like that was a mm -hmm. nonprofit motto is that you work really hard because it's for a mission and everybody is driven for that same mission and same purpose. And so they kind of exploit your labor because you have this emotional investment to the work. But why can't you get paid enough to live and not just live but enough to save money for the future and to save money for your dreams like how would i ever afford a house i would just be a recipient then of nonprofits in the future like it's a cycle because mm -hmm. when i'm older i'm not gonna have a heavy retirement fund and land that i own so i don't know why couldn't why can't why can't we all just make more money. Why can't we just print more money? <laughs> Get on this, you guys. Like, <laughs> have you have you ever thought about that? Why yeah. can't we just just print and give everybody more money? No, I know that's why inflation's happening because <laughs> <laughs> the COVID. Um, everybody got. Serb, <laughs> and then I don't know if you guys. I got three thousand dollars in Serb when I like at the very beginning. I just applied for it yeah. because I had a hospitality job that went bottom up. Like I can, they closed down for the summer, and so I reported like I'm jobless, and they sent me a check for three thousand dollars. I'm like, whoa, that's awesome! And then two years later, they sent me a notice being like, yo, we want two thousand of that back. 2000? Yeah. And I still had, like, I am crazy for saving money. Like, I yeah, have too. had money, I've had that instilled since, like, the very first time I had a job. You put so much of it away. Mm -hmm. So I could just give that money back. And, but there were some people who needed, like, payment plans over, like, the period of years to repay this government back money that they overpaid. It's crazy. I feel so bad just trying to figure it out sometimes I feel like my life purpose is enriching Dozer's life <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. making it my first job I ever had was walking a dog oh. I was like the neighborhood dog walker I was like seven years old and the neighbors down the street from me they would put out three dollars for me twice a week they were both nurses and so they had weird shifts Mm -hmm. and they left the dog in the backyard all day, and I would just pick up the dog from the backyard after school and take my $3 and walk the dog around the block, and it was great because I wasn't allowed to have a dog. Yeah. And so it was like a dog in lieu of not having a dog, and I got money, and it was 
it felt like I would do this for free. Like, they don't even have to pay me. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes maybe I'm like, yeah, maybe I should just be a dog walker. That was actually my career plan. Did you do grad trans in grade 12? Yeah, I think so. That was what I presented to my professor in grade 12, being like... My professor? <laughs> well, because you need to have, like, your whole life planned out by grade 12, right? Like That was so BS. Yeah. That was so BS. Yeah. I had such a different life in mind when I was in grade 12, but you already had your life planned out in grade 12, right? Like, right out of high school. You're like, I want to study biology, and then you did that. And now you're working in biology. I had a direction. I didn't have, like, an ultimate end goal kind of thing. Mm. I mean, I came up with one for the people who wanted me to have one, but did I, was I committed to it? No, not entirely, no. But I knew I was just following a direction. Yeah. Right? But then ultimately, it has to end up with a job. A single job title, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I want to do in that regards. What is your job title right now? It's quality control manager. Damn. Yeah, I got nice. promoted like a year in and I was like, what? I manage myself, but yeah. But you're a lot to manage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big old hand for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So technically I, I am a manager, yeah. Nice. Do you ever feel like um, a pressure of potential? Like to live up, a pressure to live up to your potential. Do you feel that? I feel... I have this, I've always had this sense of, I'm going to die, and how do I live this life before I die? Like, I don't know. Like a no. sense of urgency? A or? sense of urgency to do everything and to mm. live all of the lives that I, like, it feels like I have so many lives inside me that I want to live, and how do I live all of them in this one lifetime? Yeah. That's what I feel like. Yeah. What do you feel like? I would say for me, it feels more like, like when I was in my last year of university or whatever, I, I saw like all my, like the cohort or the other classmates I had, and I saw their plans. And they're like, I'm going to get a PhD, I'm going to get a master's, I'm going into med school. Like kind of like that. And I was like, I was thinking, I was like, well, I get the same kind of grades as you. I have the same kind of extracurriculars as you. Mm-hmm. I, like on resume, on a resume or whatever, I have same kind of credentials. I feel like I should be doing what you're doing because like, we're the same, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like, like I'm capable of doing something. Like, for example, if I became a doctor, then I could help people, help a lot of people and have a really big impact. So maybe should I do that just because I can and not everybody can? Mm-hmm. And I have the opportunity to do it? Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Like, I feel like I'm the same as all these other people doing these really, I don't know, like prestigious careers or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should do that too. You maybe don't think your career is prestigious? It's prestigious, but it's not like a lawyer or a doctor or like. How come kind of those thing? are like lawyer, doctor, engineer? Like those are yeah. like what people. If you're not that, you're a piece of shit. People in my high school class in French immersion, literally a lot of them are engineers. Wow. Yeah, and so I'm like, well, I was getting the same kind of grades as you in high school, or whatever. Like, why can't I be an engineer? Exactly. I'm like, damn, should I? But then I'm like, do I want to? I don't know if I want. Do to. you want to be a quality control manager? I mean, I like it right now, but do I want to do it as a career and have a long, fulfilling career and quality control? I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? It seems kind of like, almost like pigeonhole. Yeah. I don't know. I admire your, yeah, your direction. Like, you had one direction that you went and you made up your mind very early and you studied for this and then you got a job and now you're working the job. Mm-hmm. And now that this is your life. Yeah. But do you feel fulfilled? I feel like there must be something more, like how you were saying, like, 
well, what's next kind of deal. I just, now that I've always been like climbing a ladder or whatever, or like trying to achieve the next thing, now that I'm at the whatever pinnacle I thought it was, I thought it was a pinnacle, mm -hmm. now that I'm there, like, well, oh. what's next now? Yeah. Like, where do I go from here kind of thing? It doesn't feel like it should be the end, the end goal. But my boyfriend, who's a tradesperson, he's like, honey, that is the end. You mm. just work. This is your life for the next 30 years. Yeah. And I'm like, no, please, no. Yeah. You know what I is mean? Is it, though? Like, <laughs> that's your life, a nine to five, and then you retire. And then you can do, you can pursue travel and your passion projects and whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. Traveling as a 60-year-old or 50-year-old is different than when you're 20 to 30. Mm -hmm. It's a different experience, mm. for sure. And a lot of people bank on retiring and doing everything they want to do later in life. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, a lot of people get sick or they're not able to do the things. They die even, like, really mm -hmm. before they hit 70. Mm -hmm. It's a real shame. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there has to be some kind of balance where you can do the stuff now while also doing the career stuff. Mm -hmm. Somehow we have to combine it because, like you said, we don't have a million years to do all these things that we want to do. Yeah. yeah. School was, for me really easy because once you know what the professor wants you to know yeah you just learn that yeah. and then you get eights yeah. and then the next like i took like five courses a semester at first just to bang everything out and so you absorb all this information you'd write all these papers and then you would have to push it out of your brain to make room for five more courses worth of stuff. And so by the end yeah. now, I'm like, I don't remember anything. I felt that too. Yeah. I did feel that too. Biology is a lot of memorization mm -hmm. of like certain pathways in the body or like receptors, how they work is very technical stuff. And did you actually like what you're doing in your work now? Was there actually like a class on it? Like, did you learn that during university or did you learn it on the job? The PCR reaction, we definitely learned. There were some aspects of my job that I was a little bit surprised about because they covered it, but I just didn't, I didn't fully process it or like understand how it worked practically. I learned about the theory, but not maybe practically how to do it, but mm -hmm. we covered PCR for sure. But something like, uh, for example, there's different probes that we use and they like fluoresce. Mm -hmm. And so as the DNA is being replicated, it's clipping off these little fluorescent proteins and then the, they accumulate and the glow gets brighter and brighter. And mm -hmm. that's how we detect the presence of DNA. And I didn't learn a lot about probes and different dyes. I didn't learn about that a lot. Mm -hmm. But it's actually quite critical for my work. Mm -hmm. So more technical stuff. I learned a lot of theory, mm -hmm. not necessarily like practicalities, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And plus all the lab skills, you do them once. You do a test once. Now my job, I do the same test like 5,000 times in a year mm -hmm. that I only did once in university. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. University for me was more about like networking like you said and getting internships and work experience and meeting people and rather than like that was more valuable to me than actually what we learned in the courses i think that is university in a nutshell because like ubc the professors at ufe also taught at ubc mm -hmm. but i mean you're paying such a s m more steep tuition fee for ubc i think because of the connections people doing like real cutting edge kind of research that mm -hmm. you can work in the lab or get to know them and mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I think you're paying for that plus the branding or whatever. But UBC, you are in like an auditorium. It's like a hundred students per professor. And yeah. the most, I like my biggest university class was like 30, 
40 students, but then like 10 of them dropped out like throughout the semester. So it was like 30 students to one teacher. And so you really like your teacher knew you, whereas like UBC, they would have a teaching aide to do all the things, like all the grunt work. Yeah. But UFE didn't have any of that. So you actually got to know your teacher and, and have those ins with them. I think so. the quality of education is better at a small university, mm -hmm. but maybe the connections or the even like the prestige is what you go to UBC for, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like when you're applying for a job and people are like, oh, this person got a Bachelor of Art at U of E and this person got a Bachelor of Art at UBC. Mm -hmm. Which one are they going to choose? Mm -hmm. I think people go to U of E sometimes for better grades even. Mm -hmm. Like once you have a smaller university, I feel like your grade gets bumped up a lot. I had a friend who was like failing, barely passing his classes at UBC. And then he took a gap year or whatever to work and came to UFE. He was getting straight A's. Mm. Like, he was a really intelligent guy. Mm -hmm. But he really was, like, barely passing at UBC. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe it. How do you fulfill, like, your creativity, like, your art, like, your writing? Like, has that been, like, pushed out of your life now? Or do you have plans of continuing writing or drawing? Or I'm thinking about that for sure. Because I, I, loved, I loved that side of me so much, and I really, I found it really fun to try to combine science and art. Like mm. I was writing, like, scientific poetry, kind of, like, mm. about science subjects, but it was poetry. Mm. That was really fun for me. Or even just, like, cascade articles about science. Mm. That was really cool. Like, science communicator is a job. Mm -hmm. You would be really good at that, actually. You would be a, <laughs> an amazing science communicator. I appreciate it. But the problem, again, is, like, money. I don't think it pays very well from what I can tell. Like being a writer. Yeah. <laughs> even in the sciences. You know what I mean? But it sounds really fun. So even if, if I did that on the side, maybe that would be a cool thing to do. You know? You can mm -hmm. even be a freelance writer for papers and get paid for the, your articles and stuff. Yeah. Have you thought about that? I have thought about that. But I'm also like, where's the money? I don't... I don't know. It would be yeah. such a hustle. Like, I... That's the thing. Is I'm so torn between, do I want a 9 to 5 that... I hate, but I know there's going to be a consistent paycheck coming every other week. There's job security. Or do I want to do something that's fulfilling, but I really got to hustle hard and I got to like, I don't know when, what money is coming in and when and like how to even plan for that. And yeah, it makes things hard. Like I want to pay for everything up front. Like when my car broke down last year. My boss was telling me, like, yeah, you should get, like, a better car that you make payment plan for because now you have a full-time job that's never going to end. Like, we're never going to fire you. You're great. So just get a good car and pay for it over the course of, like, five years. And I'm like, hell no. <laughs> like, I... Then I'm like, that basically locks me into this job because mm. now I'm... I have something to pay off over the next five years. So instead, I got a shitty-ass car for, like, $3,800, and I'm still paying for repairs, but I paid for it all up front. And, like, that's... Yeah, that's something, if I were working in a solid 9-to-5, that I had job security that I could do for the next, like, 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like, the old-timers, like, that's how they did it. They found one job, and they stayed in that job for... 40 years until they retired and that helped them pay for their mortgage and cars and their two, kids college two kids yeah. yeah yeah and now we don't have that now i have to think of purchases and like do i have enough money can i pay all of this right now 
I, I totally agree. I'm the same way. I think car payments are like some of the biggest scams. Yeah. Like the car depreciates drastically as soon as you buy it and drive it off the lot. Mm-hmm. It's totally not worth making payments. And don't they get you with interest? Because you've spaced it out, they mm-hmm. want more money now mm-hmm. for that kind of privilege of giving you payments. So I'm pretty sure you pay more in interest. Yeah. I think it's a huge scam for sure. Yeah. Even my phone bill, I was like, like, what is it like? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I just love how frugal you are. And like... I am so frugal. I am so frugal. My coworkers, when they want to go out for lunch and I and I don't want to go out and like buy something, I'm like, oh, I, I brought my lunch, but I'll bring it to the restaurant with you. Oh and I'll eat it like at the table of like <laughs> whatever the fuck, like Subway or something. Yeah. I'll just eat at the table with you guys. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm cheap. I think you could look into careers that are more freelance. But then, like you said, there's a huge... What is it called? There's a cost for each option. Mm-hmm. There is. But I think freelance would probably work better for you. Mm-hmm. And I think most people don't like their 9-to-5s. But it feels like there's not really an alternative for a yeah. lot of people. For you, is there any alternative? Is there an alternative? Yeah, I have freedom right now. I have freedom right now. I think once you get married or if you have, want children sooner than later, then mm-hmm. you're kind of... You need to have a more stable life, mm-hmm. lifestyle. But when you're young like us, like you kind of have more wiggle room. Yes. Right? I yeah. feel like I've heard of people saying, like, I try to keep my expenses as low as possible so that I can have a part time job only to cover mm-hmm. my expenses and then I can do my life stuff mm-hmm. more. But the problem I find with that is, like, it's not realistic for a lot of people who have two kids or yeah. not even one kid. Yeah. And they have a partner and they have all of this, they want to afford, you know, stable housing for their kids. Yeah. So they don't want to live in, you know, some kind of rental. Yes. So it works until up until a certain point and then it's going to, like, well, you have to transition into something, so what's it going to be? Yeah. I don't think I ever want kids. So yeah. maybe I just stay with this freedom. My dozer is my child. And you can even get a second dozer. I would love that. Yeah. What is your next, other than work, like your big life goal? Like, do you have boxes you're, you're tech checking off being like, okay, graduated, check. Big girl job, check. <laughs> what's your next checkbox i'd say decide if i want to go back to school like get a master's or something nice and then probably a house but then that feels like so far away from me you know what i mean like i'm working towards something that's a really big goal i feel like i need smaller goals you know what i mean so now that i'm finished university i feel like i don't have as many boxes i don't know what should be a box anymore kind of thing i need to make some new boxes i think yeah so smaller boxes smaller goals yeah now that attainable I'm... goals now that I've ticked my big box kind of thing, it's mm. like, okay, what other goal should I have? Now you work to save enough money to buy a house. It feels like that. But it feels like there should be something else. What else? I don't know. Like other passion projects. Like you have this podcast. Like I want like a creative outlet. I think that'd be really fun. I find that sometimes when I have a big goal, like say like to write a poem for a zine or something, mm-hmm. I'll put all these other little things on my to-do list that I can tick off easily. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, do this chore. Mm-hmm. Do this. Do meal prep. And then I take all those off, but then my actual box that I want to get done. Yeah. Done. Yes. <laughs> I'm putting it off. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. How do you put that first then? Yeah. I think like, I, I, I've asked a couple people how they figured out, you know, how they went into, how they figured out that they wanted their job or their career. And a lot of people, it seems kind of just decide on paper. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, like programmer. What does a programmer make? Okay. Makes good money. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do I get there? Okay. Like four year degree. And then I can probably do it. Uh, okay, what are the responsibilities? Okay, you do this, this, and this. 
Okay, cool. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of the person where like I want to know everything about the job. Like, how do I know I'll like it? How do mm-hmm. I like know what do you do as like a I don't know, like some weird job title where it's not obvious what you even do with your day. Mm-hmm. How do I not want to do it? Like, I want to be certain of everything before I put my time, energy, and money into something. But some people kind of just like I love teaching, so I'm gonna become a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you became a quality control manager. Like, what even is that? Like, how did you know what that was before you did it? Um, I mean, I didn't know what it was until I did it kind of deal. I just, I control the quality, you know what I mean? So, I mean, maybe it's only as complicated as you want to make it. Because some people are just like, I like this one class in university, so I'm going to do it as a career. Mm-hmm. I know people that are like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they do enjoy it, actually. But, um... For me, I'm like, maybe I should job shadow, you know what I mean? Like, mm. how do I know I really want everything that this job has to offer? Mm-hmm. And if, if I do the course and then I start the job and I hate it, like, I just waste a bunch of time and money. Mm-hmm. I am such a sucker for, like, I have these targeted, like, on my algorithm, on my Instagram, there's so many girlies who are like, you want to quit your nine to five? Like, you just follow me and take my course and you could do this affiliated marketing program. I saw that you followed that page, like a side thing. Side yeah, with yeah, or yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And here's, you know what my opinion yes. is? Sorry, I'm really passionate about this. I feel like if you were really making that much money with your affiliate marketing, you wouldn't be having this page to make money off of us exactly. buying your guide. Exactly. This is how you're making your money. Yeah. We're the audience that you're selling this stuff yeah. to. If, if you're, you're making so much yeah. money, just do it full time. Why are yeah. you bothering with us? Why are you making this page with all these videos saying this is how much money I'm making? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's also. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I would really just like a passive income. I want to get paid mm. for doing nothing. How do I do that? I think you have to become rich first and then make money. Make money. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the first step is get rich. Yeah. Be born rich. Yes. Well, should we wrap this bitch up? Let's Go take some it. pictures? Let's do it. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Wow. I can't believe you listened that long. Thanks for tuning in and you know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, and tune in for next episode. Catch you on the flippity-flop, friends.